Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. But I want to get into Matthew chapter 4 in just a second, verse 15. We're kind of in this series kind of as an overall church uh, the next month or so around freedom and, and teaching around that, walking in that. What does that mean? What does that look like? And I want to just encourage you to lean into that. I, I want to encourage you, like I was praying earlier, if there's been stuff where you just feel like, man, I'm stuck, don't settle for that right? Don't settle for, uh, for a living kind of below. If you're like, man, everyone talks about this breakthrough. People talk about, you know, you know the, the goodness of God or freedom or the grace of God or increase or the blessing of God. You're like, man, but I don't have any of that. I don't see that. G- guess what? Maybe sometimes it could be principles that you need to learn and you need to begin to apply. And sometimes it's supernatural resistance from the enemy to try to mess with you, to try to take you out. And you need to learn how to take your stand, which we're going we're gonna to talk about here today today. But here's what I know is that God wants you to be free. God wants you to walk in that strength. And we live in a pretty wild season right now. I mean, everything going on with Israel, the the attacks there, and just a season of, of intensity that we're walking in. But we don't have to walk in fear. God, the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Amen. And I, I dropped this little little note in the first service. I'll do it here too, and then we'll come back and preach about it another time. I've had some DMs. Is, is the attacks on Israel a sign that the end is near? Well, here's the truth is we have been living in the end times since Jesus died, rose from the dead, and sent the church into its mission. So, yes, we are in the end times, but Jesus said, I'm coming back soon when he left. Soon is, a, is a, obviously a different concept to him than it is to us. Soon is like this afternoon would be great. Soon is when is this popcorn going to be done popping in my two and a half minutes. That's soon to us. But the Bible literally says, uh, God is not slow like we think of it like that. God's patience with humanity is because the Bible says he's not willing that anyone should perish, right? So God is delaying his time frame. He's, he's waiting for the fullness of time. But let's not be believers that get all weird and caught up in trying to predict when he's coming because Jesus was asked, when are you going to come? And he, uh, the, the fulfillment of all things, Jesus literally said, it's not for you to know the day or the hour. So if I were you, I would stop trying to figure out the day or the hour. Jesus literally said, it's not for you to know it, right? He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So you've got what you need. You're going to have the resources you need to fulfill the purposes of God. But whether God comes back today or 5,000 years from now, I have no clue. The Bible doesn't give us an exact time frame. But what I do know is that you and me should be busy doing the work that God has given us right? We need to be at work doing the things that God has called us to do. And when God returns, I want to be found at work, not like 
being lazy with what God has given me, right? That's literally what it says. It's better for us to be found at work, fulfilling the purposes of God, extending the kingdom of God. And when he returns, awesome. And uh, we, we don't know the day and the hour. And I don't even, in, in case anyone gets caught up in a lot of, you know, TikTok theologians or TBN uh, strategies, uh, the, the rapture in, in what modern church a lot of times thinks of it as is not even a biblical concept. And so I will teach about that at another time. But I want to get into uh, today's word, and I'm going to talk about the clash of kingdoms. And when I think of clash, I think of Clash Royale, which is a, a phone game. And, uh, uh, but anyways, um, that's how I'm, I'm not talking about phone games today. But I am talking about the clash of kingdoms. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 15, it says, Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have... have okay, well, that was tough. Let's get up and drink of water. It might be the three uh, cortados I've had so far. So that could be, could be catching up. I mean, I, I'm not a scientist, but it could be. Um, the... Uh, Verse 16, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Verse 17, from, the time, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. So what you see that Jesus is ushering in, he's ushering in the kingdom of heaven to earth in a new way. He says, it's here, it's come, it's present. I, I am ushering in the kingdom of God. And since that point, there has been a kingdom clash where God's people, in essence, are, are pushing out the work of the enemy, pushing out the kingdom of darkness with, and replacing it. There's a, there's a replacement going on here, a clash going on here between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And Jesus says, hey, listen, the kingdom of heaven is coming. He says, repent, the kingdom of heaven is near. I think a lot of times the you know, kind of the sandwich board street evangelists, it's sort of repent, the end is near. The concept more is that Jesus is saying, repent, the kingdom is near. He's saying, listen, I have brought the good news. The good news is that we don't have to live under the old kingdom anymore. We don't have to live under the sin nature anymore. We don't have to live under the oppressive hand of the enemy anymore. That Jesus has brought a a new and better way. He has brought a new kingdom. He has brought the kingdom of heaven to earth. And that's good news because the kingdom of heaven operates under a different set of rules. It has different joy. It has peace involved. It has strength. It has freedom. It has life. It's the John 10, 10 verse, right? The Bible says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what the kingdom of darkness brings. Whenever you're looking around culture and you're going, man, is God in this or is this the enemy? Just look for killing, stealing, and destroying. Those are like a quick like little test. Is God involved in it? Is the presence of God there? Is it killing? Is it stealing? Is it destroying? God has nothing to do with that, right? But Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full, or have it in abundance, or have it to overflow. And so that is the kingdom of heaven. So when Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is near to you, man, he's bringing and ushering in something so different, something so unique, something countercultural, and there begins to be a clash, and we see that played out with Jesus as he's walking this out. And, and what we're really displacing the darkness with light. 
right? We're displacing what the enemy is attempting to do in our culture, in our city, in our world, and we're bringing truth to it, and we're establishing a different kingdom. We're establishing the kingdom of heaven. And when that happens, though, there's a clash. How, how many know that, you know, if, if you're establishing a new kingdom, that means you are going up against another authority. You're going up against a different king leader. And when a king goes against a king, there's going to be a battle. There's going to be a war that breaks out. There's going to be a battling over territory. And so when Jesus says, hey, there's a new king in town, there's a new kingdom, and we're going to establish it, that is an intentional invitation into a more spiritual battle. Right? You know, sometimes we don't think of it like that, but there is an actual battle that God is in, inviting us to engage in. And the kingdom of darkness is not interested in leaving unless he's evicted. Right? The kingdom of darkness wasn't just like, oh, Jesus is here, new kingdom, I guess we're out. He didn't do that. He's been fighting the kingdom of heaven for the last 2,000 plus years since Jesus came to establish it. There's a battle. There is a conflict that is going on, and he's not leaving unless evicted. Uh, has anyone ever, you know, found that you end up having rodents in your home? Anyone have a time where you've discovered, okay, we got mice, we got rats, we got something, we got some infestation, maybe termites. I mean, something, and it's just like, oh, my Lord. And, you know, it's the worst. Isn't it the worst you found that you have rodents in your house? Because instantly you're like, man, am I that dirty that I have rats in my home that have mice? You know what I mean? And so you like, don't want to admit it. And you're like, but we've, we've had that, and we are very clean, okay? We've had that. And... Um, would you, outside our house? But weren't they crawling in our walls? Yeah, but then they were like in the walls and stuff. Weren't they making noise? Well, that, I got to tell that other story. That was funny. But um, so just the other day, just the other day, literally Katie was like, you got to call exterminator. I think we have huge rats. I mean, like just like literally they, they must be huge. And I was like, what are you talking about? She was, man, in the middle of the night last night, I just heard this like scratching and movement in the wall. And I was just like, well, about what time was it? About 3 a.m. or something like that. Well, I had woke up for whatever reason, like 3 a.m. in the middle of the night. And I looked at my phone and realized our Wi-Fi wasn't working. So I went in the closet that's next to that wall. And I was checking the router and unplugging stuff and messing with it. So I was the rodent in the wall. I was, that was me. That was me. So, uh, and she's been trying to evict me ever since. It's a little harsh, a little harsh. Actually, not really. This Wednesday, my wife and I are celebrating 20 years of marriage. What? 20 years. Somebody called it two decades. That sounds way longer. And you know who else is celebrating 20? The Williams. Come on. Who else just had an anniversary? Who else? And how many years? 28. Let's go. Come on, the Smiths. Let's go. Anybody else want to get celebrated? Okay. How, four years. Come on right here. Toronto's. Let's go. Anybody else? Anybody else? No? Nobody. There's a couple husbands like, I'd like to raise my hand, but I'm nervous. I forgot the date. You know, so we're going to let you just move on. But for real, there was a time up in Seattle where we had rodents in the wall, under the crawl space, whatever it was, it was making noise. It's just that really annoying scratching sound. And 
It's like, it's the worst, right? So you start calling the exterminator. And the thing about rodents is just because we became aware of them didn't mean they automatically decided to leave, right? Like we had to get intentional about evicting these things out of our home. I mean, no amount of just asking politely, hey, do you think you could maybe not, you know, create a nest in our crawl space? That'd be ideal, you know? Um, no, no, they, they weren't leaving. We had to call a specialist who came in, helped us kick the booty out of these little animals. And, of course, they tried to reinsure us. It was all humane and safe. And I was like, I honestly don't care what you do with these things. Do what is necessary, okay, um, to get rid of these things. And the, the truth is it's the same thing. When the enemy's trying to mess with our lives, a lot of times we just... Uh, you know, we're, we're passive about it, and we allow the enemy to kind of mess with us rather than going, you know what, uh, just because you're aware that the enemy's messing with you and you, and you just think, man, I, I don't like this or I'd like the enemy to leave, he's not leaving unless you evict him, right? You got to evict the enemy. You got to resist the enemy in your situation. Um, Matthew chapter 12, verse 28 Jesus is, is talking here. He'd been accused of casting out demons by, by the devil. So, you know, the religious leaders are super jealous, and so they're just making up crazy stuff about Jesus. They say, you're casting out the devil by the devil. And so he has to give them a basic, like, kingdom lesson about divided against itself, can't stand this whole thing. Then he goes, but if it is by the Spirit of God that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you, Right? So he's talking about, hey, listen, if I'm able to cast out the enemy, that means that there is a new kingdom that has come with more authority that is driving out the enemy in this situation, right? So he goes, listen, the kingdom of heaven has come. This is what you're seeing. Because these demons are leaving, it's because there's something more powerful, more full of authority, more, in, more uh, with strength. There's a different authority here, and I've come to drive it out. He says, or again, how can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man, then he can plunder the house. See, because there's a strong man, there's an enemy that wants to mess with you, that wants to, uh, you know, agitate you, irritate you, rob you of everything that God has for you. But you're going to have to make a decision. Are you going to just be okay with that, you know, torment from the enemy? Or are you actually going to get intentional and make a decision? No, no I'm not going to be okay with this in my world, in my family, in my kids, in my le legacy, in my business. I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to drive out the enemy. I'm going to evict the enemy from my life and from my situation. And, and, and here's, here's the good news. You can drive it out in the name of Jesus. See, we are displacing the kingdom of darkness with the kingdom of light, and there's going to be a clash and a conflict. But James chapter 4, verse 8, and I love the whole book of James. But James 4, sorry, verse 7 says this, But submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Honestly, this is one of the most important, simple verses in the Bible that every one of us as believers have got to understand. We've got to get this concept. And you've got to get the sequence of this. You can't be trying to drive out the devil if you haven't done the beginning part of this, right? 
Because that's where in the New Testament, it's kind of a funny story, but not, uh, where these, these dudes try to like drive out and cast out devils. And literally the demon starts talking back to him and says, hey, listen, Paul, I know, you know, Jesus, I know, but who are you? <laughs> yeah, that's not what you want a devil to say back to you, okay? That's, that's not a situation you want to be in because they got the snot beat out of them. It was, it was no bueno. Um, so you have to get the beginning part right where we submit ourselves to God because the submission to God is what gives you and me the authority then to drive out and to resist the devil. But some of us are, are, are getting just beat around by the enemy, and we're like, why is this happening? Why don't I have authority? Why am I not walking this strength? Well, I've got to submit my life to God. I, gotta, I have to be surrendered. I can't be just living my own life how I want to live it, doing whatever the heck I want, and thinking I'm going to have power of the enemy. That doesn't work. A police officer who, who abandons all of his oaths of office, so to speak, and his, his requirements he has to live under is not going to have his authority for very long. When that authority is continuing to break the law, he's going to get his badge stripped. He's going to get removed from his authority. If that happens, he no longer has the authority to do what he used to do, right? You don't have the badge. Stop trying to pull people over, Right? It doesn't work that way. If you get pulled over by somebody who has no badge, you'd be like, yeah, I'm going to keep driving. So uh, I think I, I can tell you have no authority to do what you're doing right now. We try to res- arrest or resist the enemy. The enemy's going to take one look at us and go, uh, by whose authority do I have to listen to you? So I have to submit myself to God. I have to be in that posture with God where I surrender. And here's the thing. We all begin kind of an initial surrender moment, right, of salvation. We surrender to God. We give our life to Christ. Our eternity is set. But then there's that sanctification process, that renewing process, where I'm, I'm finding probably things every, every week, maybe daily, you know, at least once a quarter, where you're like, shoot, I found a new area I thought was surrendered, but it wasn't. And God is gracious to like let those things come over time. You know, he doesn't show us all 1,000 areas of our life that are like off track, you know, or we get, you know, we get drive ourselves mad. He's just like, hey, let's work on this next thing. And when God shows you something, all right, surrender it, submit it to God. And then watch how you get a new authority in resisting the enemy in a different situation. But I've got to begin in the submission to God part. I got to surrender my life to him. And when I keep doing that, not my will, but yours be done, God. Not my way, not my thoughts. Like, like uh, Lauren was talking about, just submitting to God, trusting God, honoring God, putting my confidence in God. When I'm in that space and I, for, I keep just guiding myself back to that space of surrender and trust and, and resting in the goodness of God, man, that, now I'm going to begin to walk in different authority, different strength. And I'm going to go from victory to victory, little by little. And so that's such an important part of our lives. But the good news about this verse is that if you feel like you've been being slapped around by the enemy in different forms, guess what? It doesn't have to stay that way right? Maybe your family, maybe your dad's dad and your family lineage and all that kind of stuff has been continued to get messed with, but it doesn't have to continue because you can actually resist the devil, it says, and he will flee. He will flee. Like, there's a contest, but it's almost a no contest. There's a fight, but it's not a difficult one. 
in the sense that the authority you have in the name of Jesus is so superior to the, to, to the enemy that you can overcome and resist any single demonic attack that would ever try to come at you. Okay, so we don't have to live in fear, but we got to fight it, right? We got to take possession of the things God has given us. We got to evict the enemy off of our life and off of our situation. I know there's been different times in business. I think I've shared this where it will just feel like in real estate, man, man, well, how come deals keep falling through? How come this keeps not happening? How come, and, and you kind of all of a sudden you wake up to go, you know what? This actually isn't just like a normal level of kind of, you know, just work effort. Cause you know, there's always going to be battles in, in the marketplace. That's, that's fine. But also you go, man, there's, this is unnatural. Like there, I feel like the enemy is freaking attacking uh, what we're trying to do. And so you begin to pray and we take authority and we lean in and we resist the devil. And it'd be amazing. All of a sudden, things will pop, things will sell, it'll happen. And you're just like, man, why do we wait so long? This is so annoying. But the truth is, there's probably a lot of us that are allowing the enemy to go uncontested in different areas of our life. Right? And when, they, when we allow that, he's just having a heyday. He's loving it. He's enjoying it. Sweet. They're just letting me ransack their life with no fight. <laughs> right? We got to make a decision. I'm not going to allow the enemy to have any more uncontested battles over my life, my health, my finances, my friendships, my relationships. Right? I'm going to resist. I'm going to resist the enemy, and he will flee. That's a good promise. I remember uh, when I really got kind of the, the revelation around this of not being afraid of, of dealing with kind of the supernatural or the demonic, because that can seem a little scary or seem sci-fi-like. But the truth is, there is a spiritual realm, and in the name of Jesus, when we're submitted to him, we have authority over the demonic realm, and we can resist it, so we don't have to be afraid of it. But I remember years back when we were in Africa, doing a mission trip, and it was this massive, you know, crusade, and, you know, the gospel had been preached, and the invitation comes forward, and people are getting healed, and ears are being opened, and eyes are being opened, and backs are getting straighter. I mean, just just amazing to see just God's power just unleashing, and, uh, and then I was up there praying, too, and it, it was kind of fun for me. It was like this living the dream kind of moment, because I think it was maybe 16, and, uh, and my pastor, maybe, maybe almost 17, and he was over there laying hands on, on people. So he goes, hey, you keep leading the meeting. I don't know. I don't know how many, about 100, I don't know, 50,000 people are in this crazy outdoor. And I'm like leading. I was like, yes, I dreamed about this when I was 13. This is amazing. And, uh, and so it was, it was, it was a pretty fun moment. And, uh, but people are getting healed. It's really fun. And then this dad comes and brings his daughter. And, and at first I didn't know, cause they're obviously speaking Swahili. And, um, and so I, I just, but I began to pray for, her and she's kind of, you know, writhing a little bit, but I didn't want to assume it was a demon right away. And then it was like, okay, she can't look at me in the eyes. She's freaking out. She's spazzing. I was like, yes, yeah, this is probably a good old fashioned demon. So we're going to, we're going to go ahead and cast this out. So I'm beginning to pray, pray in the spirit, pray in English. The one, you know, phrase in Swahili, I know, toka hapa, which means come out, you know? And so I'm just, we're just prophesying and praying and then so she's freaking out dad's praying we're praying and then she kind of goes calm for a little bit and I was like oh man is it it is she good and but I could kind of feel I was like I don't think it's done yet you know and sometimes sometimes when people are getting set free like that it's like the enemy will almost try to fake you out <laughs> like like he's left 
and to get you to stop, right? And, uh, and so I, I could feel it was like one of those moments we keep praying. She starts spazzing out again. I was like, he's back, <laughs> you know? And uh, so we're just casting out and believing and praying and prophesying. And then finally the demon leaves her and she just in peace and begins to cry. And dad's, you know, just this powerful moment. And it was at that moment I was just like, okay, we got this, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? In the sense of like, it was the first time I'd encountered that personally of that the kingdom of light overcomes the kingdom of darkness. And we do not have to live in fear of that. We don't have to live in insecurity in that, right? But we gotta, we gotta evict the enemy. Don't allow the enemy to live rent-free in your life. Evict him. Right, and maybe even right now, maybe there's areas of your life you're like, you know what, I think that's probably what he's talking about. The Holy Spirit's probably highlighting some different things where you're like, ooh, that's an area that I feel like I've kind of just allowed the enemy to mess with me on or, you know, that's been kind of in my family. I haven't really dealt with that, you know? And as those things come up, we're gonna get a chance to pray later, but all this month, we're gonna be leaning into seeing people find freedom. So invite friends, invite people who um, who you know are, are just desperate to get their life unlocked because something's holding them hostage, right? And we want to help see uh, people get set free, but we don't want to allow the enemy to be uncontested. And he will oftentimes try to do that uh, in our lives. And we, but we have, the, we have the greater authority. So we submit ourselves to God. We resist the devil. Now, as I'm kind of closing, let me read through a familiar passage potentially, because this is some tools that God gives us to resist the enemy. In Ephesians chapter 6, it's about the armor of God. He says in verse 10, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. So just as a reminder, the devil is scheming, <laughs> right? When churches are afraid to talk about the power of God, they try to minimize the schemes of the devil, Right? They try to pretend, eh, don't really worry about it. It's not a big deal. It's fine. You know, it's not really a thing, you know. But the devil is scheming, and he is out to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That is his agenda for everyone in this room. That is his agenda. But we've got armor. We've got weaponry. We're not defenseless. We have what we need to defeat the enemy. Um Verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So this is a good note too. Um, when we are engaging in political spheres, when we're engaging in different sectors of life, while we do take natural steps, we also need to be praying against the demonic principalities and powers in the political sphere. So we're not just trying, oh, we gotta get more people elected. Well, that's part of it but we need to tear down the strongholds of the enemy in our government, right? Therefore, it says in verse 13, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all, someone say all, 
all the flaming arrows of the evil one. I, I pause on that because, uh, again, we can, we can live in some sort of weird fear mindset around the enemy as if the children of God have less power than the kingdom of darkness. But the Bible says here, we got weaponry and defensive tools that can stop every fiery dart of the evil one. Now, we, through the, the shield of faith, we can stand in defense. We can resist the onslaught of the enemy when he tries to come at you. You don't have, you're not just a, a, a pin cushion for the enemy where you just, well, this is life. I guess I just get, you know, beat around by the enemy and messed with. And, you know, this is just our lives. This is our family. It's just, I guess it's our future. No, 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 no. You, you got to take up the armor. You got to put on the armor of God. You got to begin to take your stand. You got to put on the shield, grab that shield of faith and begin to resist the work of the enemy, right? Verse 17, you got to take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Now, I love that visual that, that it gives us that the word of God is the sword of the spirit. It's the weapon. It's the, it's the choice weapon of the Holy Spirit is his word, right? And so every single one of us, the more we know God's word, the more effective we will be at resisting and taking territory away from the enemy in our life. We got to know God's word. When when Jesus was being uh, harassed by Satan in the wilderness, every time the enemy brought a, a statement, an accusation, a taunt, Jesus responded with, it is written, right? He brought the word of God out. He used the word of God as a, as a weapon of, of defense and attack. And the same thing in our lives, I want to just, I, I say this all the time because I think one of the most absolutely crucial things we as believers is to get more of God's word in our life. We got to get more of God's word in our life. But not because, like I always say, it's not because it's an entrance exam into heaven. It's not like you have to have X amount of verses memorized or St. Peter ain't let you in at the gates. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's not like that. You're not doing it out of obligation. You're not doing it uh, to pass a pop quiz in heaven. You know what I mean? You're not doing it for that. Because if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, your name's in the book of life. Your name is there. You have access to eternity. You are set in your eternity. But here on earth, if we don't know God's word, we are going to get beat up by the devil and feel like, man, what is happening with me? And God's like, I gave you a weapon. Grab a hold of my word and begin to use it. Begin to use it. As we use the word of God, we can begin to push back the enemy. We can begin to resist the enemy in our lives. And the truth is that the enemy has no defensive weapon against the word of God. It cannot stand against it. It cannot stand. The best thing the enemy does is he's a deceiver and a liar. That's his best trick. He gets you and me to think we don't have the authority over him. If he can trick you and me into thinking we don't have the authority, then that's when he gets us. He gets us backing up, cowering, uncertain, stepping back. Versus when we go, no, no, we've submitted ourselves to God. Now it's time for you to leave, (laughs) right? And you begin to resist the enemy. You begin to push back on that. And you're going to find strength in that. So there's there's a fight 
But it's not a strength versus strength. It's an authority versus authority thing. You and me, just in the natural, as a human against the enemy, against the satanic demonic force, I don't have more power than a, uh, than Satan in like a natural sense, me against him in the strength battle. Because that, that's a real force. It's, it's, a, it's a real world. It has power. I don't have more power than a demon in myself. But I have more authority because of the name of Jesus, right? And so because of that, when I use the name of Jesus, it don't matter if that giant, so to speak, is 20 feet tall, it has to bow to the name of Jesus. It has to respond to the word of God. And so that's why it's not like, okay, I gotta become a a stronger Christian. No, no, you just have to know your authority. You gotta begin to walk in that. You begin to use the name of Jesus and use God's word as a weapon and watch how the enemy begins to run from your life as you begin to evict him, as you begin to uh, push him out you're going to begin to walk in different freedom. You're going to find different hope. You're going to find joy. If, you know, a lot of times, you know, one of the common things is people just live in a, under a, cra- uh, a crowd, a cloud, a cloud of like oppression. I think that can be one of the most common things the enemy does. Just kind of just keeps you foggy and in a bit of a cloud. And sometimes, oh, I guess I just live this way. That's just kind of who I am. I guess I'm just always kind of in this perpetual state of feeling just heavy. No, that's, that's the demonic realm trying to mess with you. We don't have to stand for that. We don't have to live in that. I, I remember several times in men's prayer, which goes, I'll stand with me. It'll encourage me to wrap up. <laughs> I remember different times coming into men's prayer and just feeling heavy for no reason. I was like, ah, what is this on me? Pastor Jesse, come on, pray with me quick. Bust this thing off. You know what I mean? Like, don't live under that state. If if you're feeling it, call a friend, phone a friend, text a friend. Come on, we got to pray. I got to get this broken off of my life. I I don't need to live in that, you know, in that kind of constant state of being kind of oppressed by the enemy. We can stand up, we can resist it, and the devil will flee from your life. I'm going to invite the ministry team to come forward right now as we close. And maybe there's been, as I'm, as I'm sharing, God's kind of highlighting maybe some things. Some areas where are like, okay, I need to get this broken off. Hey, I know this has been an area where maybe I've left it uncontested, right? And, and you're just, I need freedom. I need, I need to get this, I need to get set free today. Uh, we want to be able to pray with you and begin this journey of freedom because God is... Uh, here to set the captives free. It's one of the things that Jesus literally said, hey, I have come to set the captives free, right? So when the enemy has held us captive, we don't have to stay in that place anymore. We can walk in freedom. We can walk in healing. We can walk in wholeness, right? And we can, we, you can leave different than you came in today. That's some good news, especially if you feel like, man, you've been, feel like you're kind of getting beat up in your mind. Maybe your mind just feels like, man, you're hearing voices and, or, you know, it's just like, man, those, those can't be my thoughts. Maybe it's just agitating. Maybe it's uh, just, just the presence of suicidal thoughts, maybe even like there could be a range of things that are coming at you and instead of just going, well, you know, that's just, that's just what I have to deal with in my head. No, let's not do that. Let's not let the enemy go uncontested. Oh, that's just how our marriage is. Oh, that's just how business is. Oh, that's just how my health is. That, you know, like we can totally get lulled into thinking, well, 
because this is just my life. It, it, no one, anyone has ever made like a chronic back pain and they're just like, well, it's, you know, got to deal with it. Just got to take my Advils and just kind of deal with my pain and just kind of manage it. Let's not try to manage the enemy. Let's kick him out. Let's evict him. Come on. Let's get rid of the enemy. We don't need that. Let's walk in the full freedom that God came to give us, right? The kingdom of heaven has come. The kingdom of heaven is here. And he is here to overthrow and push back the work of the enemy. And we can find freedom and healing in Jesus' name. Before I dismiss, and we're going to have a great day, and Planet Shakers event tonight, it's going to be fun. Get in a connect group out in the lobby. I mean, just great day. Go take somebody out to lunch. It's going to be an awesome day. But before we go, I want to just invite everyone in the room. Just lift up your hands. And, and let's just take a moment and, and reposition ourselves. In the verse in James, when I was talking about submit yourself to God. Right, Because if we're going to see the enemy fleeing from our life and maybe some areas, we got to go to that first place first. So right now, come on, where's God kind of calling you out? Where are some areas that you go, man, you know what? If I'm honest, that's unsubmitted. Yeah, I'm kind of doing my own thing there. I know what God wants. I'm doing my own thing. Maybe there's some sin in your life. Maybe there's uh, unforgiveness in your life. You just haven't released. I want you to just kind of start with that place of, saying, Jesus, you're my leader, you're my Lord. I'm going to have us all pray together with that. But I want you to talk to God for a moment. Come on, just acknowledge those areas that, that you need to surrender. Acknowledge those areas that need to be submitted to him again, that you need to reposition your life and your heart, your actions, your work, your thoughts, back into submission and surrender to God and his will, his purpose. Jesus Jesus. I want everybody in the room, if, if you, maybe, many of us have already said prayers like this, but maybe you're in the room and you've not yet surrendered your life to Christ, I want you to join all of us because we're going to make a kind of a, a declaration of, of our surrender to Christ. So maybe for some of you, this maybe is going to be the first time, but for a lot of us, it'll be a reaffirmation. So I want everyone to say this, say, Heavenly Father, I choose again today to declare you are the leader and Lord of my life. I submit, I surrender every area of my life to Jesus. Today, I turn from my way, from my sin, and I follow you with everything that I have. Jesus, fill me Empower me with your Holy Spirit so I can do your will. In Jesus' name. Now I want you to say, enemy, you have no place in my life. I command you to go, to leave right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. 
We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.